0: I'm a man, I'm 40! Oh you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I
1: led Ko Sumlin! Yo. I led the stoops. the
0: entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money and all we wanted to do is have pouty expressions on our face.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My name is Tanner Price. And once again, I'm not with my co-host, Greg Hockert, but we are on Zoom together. Greg, how are you? How has has your week been?
0: I'm doing good. It, again, still feels a little bit strange to not be sitting next to you, but I think that we're making it work and uh, got all the technical issues figured out, which credit to you for that. But yeah, I've been good. It's been a good week. It's been a very busy week. Still getting adjusted to the to the new job and all that, but yeah. How about you? You're a you're a a, a two time graduate now. How does it feel?
1: It feels good. I am excited to be done, but I have like a month before I start work, so it's a little it's a little weird. Right now, my wife and I are just packing up our apartment, getting ready to move. Um, but it's just it's just kind of weird. I don't have anywhere to go or anywhere to be necessarily outside of plans with friends or. Uh, family so yeah it's just it's a little different right now but um yeah just just enjoying life really we uh we've we there's a lot of talk um that's been happening in the sports world recently which we'll we'll get into eventually but uh yeah i'm i'm excited to get into this greg what did you think about the uh my the reel that i made you didn't even know that i was doing that until no you completely posted it basically I
0: I loved it. I think we can. I think we can definitely get a few more of those out there. I, look, I'm very inept when it comes to Instagram. You're, you're very good at teaching yourself how to how to do that type of stuff. And, uh, so I've never been motivated on social media. But when you sent that to me, I was like, oh oh shoot! Like that 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 looks pretty good. Um, and we got we got some engagement out of it, so it's nice. I mean, there's uh, we we definitely have hotter takes than Texas not meeting uh, their nine and a half win margin um I, I think a lot of people would agree with us however um that was a good one to start with
1: yeah yeah we we, we got some hot takes hot takes brewing we'll we'll see what happens there um greg before, i know we got a lot of banter some of our listeners are really gonna like this um i've got more banter for you i i i we're, we're going the same direction here uh san we, antonio we, come on man oh
0: Oh, well, I was just going to ask you, general NBA. I mean, your Nuggets are in the Western Conference Finals and they're up 1-0. How do you you feel about that?
1: I am ecstatic. Um, Up 1-0, we blew a a 21-point lead last night, ended up winning by six. But I'd rather make adjustments after a win than having to make adjustments after a loss. No matter how pretty or ugly the win was, I will take a win any day. Even if it's by one point, I'll take it over a loss.
0: Who? So, are you at all scared about about LeBron just completely taking over and making it like? I I feel like it's one of those things where you know if the if if NBA had script writers, which some may argue that they do, uh, this would be the Lakers and the Celtics in the finals. Are you at all concerned about? Um, a potential uh, favoritism
1: towards the lakers down the stretch. Potentially, yes. However, this is the way this the nuggets team has been constructed this year, I think they will be able to outplay any like let's say there was a some sort of conspiracy or whatever there. Um I think the nuggets could outplay that conspiracy or any extraneous foul calls or whatever the refs have in store. Um, I think, I think the nuggets are making it to the finals. Uh, you did not hear it first because a lot of other people have said it, but I have the nuggets in five.
0: That's uh, that, that, that's a solid pick. I can definitely see that. Uh, uh, let's see uh, Celtics or heat. Who, who would you rather, who would you rather play?
1: Who would I rather play? Yeah. Uh, the heat. Cause I think they're not as good of a team. Um but I think it'll be the Celtics. We'll see we'll
0: see what happens. I agree with you. I agree with you and and la- last bit of banter I <laughs> I am now back my NBA fandom has resumed that I was I was off for a couple of years, not a lot to cheer for with the Spurs so that very does, happy,
1: that, I, I does that make you a Fairweather fan? To, no no okay
0: oh, I was explaining I don't to, know about that. I was explaining this to my wife last night so there, there's it's a combination of, of two things. So first, like when I graduated high school, cause I'm from San Antonio for those of you guys that don't know when I graduated high school, that was basically the end of the Spurs dynasty. Like that was this, that was the season that Kawhi like infamously got injured in the Western conference finals when the Spurs were up like 30 on the road. And then the Warriors came back and then ended up sweeping the Spurs, but Kawhi was out for the rest of the series and then all this stuff. So leaving San Antonio at that time was like the perfect timing because growing up, like the Spurs were the dynasty. That's all my friends and I talked about. So not being in San Antonio, it's kind of, it's a little bit more difficult to like follow them because they're not on national TV
1: as I'm sure you know, got to get the league pass. pass.
0: I haven't been a league pass guy. And then the second thing is this year, especially you it's so weird to cheer for your team to lose. Like I get all the score updates and stuff, and I'm like, I I would rather see us in in the loss column in the win column because of the fact of what happened last night, which you know, luckily we got the number one pick, which I mean that that could completely be a, a franchise uh, al- altering uh, thing right there with uh, Victor Wambanyama. so. Yeah, it's it's definitely not that I'm a fair weather fan. It's more of it was just very hard to follow and it's hard to cheer against your team because like if you're watching the games, you're at the games, you still want your team to win, even though deep down, you know, it's best that your team tanks and gives itself its best chance to to rebuild. So that was kind of a long tangent there. But um, yeah, Spurs with the
1: number one pick. I'm pumped. Spurs tanked properly, if that's if that's a real thing. Yeah. Um... All right. Well, that was that was solid. I love talking basketball. Um I yeah, yeah, I really love it. But basketball aside, Greg, let's talk about some some baseball here. Um West Virginia has moved up. They basically continue to climb the polls every week. They're up to 6th now in the country. Uh they won their series versus Tech 2 games to 1 and they won game 2 17 to 2. What an offensive performance there.
0: Yeah, that's nuts. And with that series win, they not 100% guaranteed yet, but um, they have basically locked up the regular season conference title. Uh, I believe the only team that has a chance to steal that from them is Oklahoma State. And I saw a tweet earlier today with, with all the things that would have to happen in the team's two last series, and it's virtually imp- – Oklahoma State would have to sweep. Bedlam, West Virginia, I think, has to lose. I think they either have to get swept themselves or lose 1-2. I'm not sure, but it's probably not going to happen. So, West Virginia, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't think that uh, – especially when we were even reading the preseason polls, you know, what was it, four months ago, three months ago now? They were not – they were not up there. So
1: They, were, they were projected – they're projected to finish like fourth or fifth around around the middle of the pack in the in the Big Twelve. Um, so this is this is great to see from them. They have been on an absolute tear this season. You um, think they'll be a? You
0: think they'll be a top eight top eight seed?
1: I think. Gosh, if they do if they do well in the conference uh, conference tournament, yeah, yeah, I, I could see them. Not doing well in the conference tournament and still being a top eight seed, um, but i I wouldn't be shocked if they if they were a top eight seed. I think they've got to put together, you know, at least at least
0: uh, at least win a win a game or two in the conference tournament. Um, and for those of you that are familiar with the way baseball postseason works, so the top eight seeds in the bracket, so to speak, they are the host for the regional which consists of four teams and then if they make it past the regional if you're a top eight seed you're also the host of a super regional uh, which if you win your super regional you're on to omaha in the college world series so to be a top eight seed in both uh, ncaa baseball and softball is a very very big deal you want to have that home field advantage for uh, both uh, for both rounds
1: yeah Yeah, for sure. And then Oklahoma State has moved up from not ranked to 25th in the country. They won their series versus Kansas State in two games to one. They dropped the the first game on Friday, but they won the final two games by a combined total of 31 to seven.
0: Uh, You, You know, something I've noticed with Oklahoma State is, like, when the bats are hot, they're really hot. But when they're not, I don't know what happens, but they just crumble. They completely fall apart. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, Oklahoma State is is looking like the old school Big Twelve football offenses. I mean, they're they're going to run up the score on you if you're not careful. But if you are able to, uh, if you're able to get out in front of them, uh, man, they 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 really struggle. They really struggle at times, which is, yeah. I mean, w- w- what you've seen with the inconsistency.
1: Yeah, I've and I've kind of talked about this all season is that Oklahoma State's relief pitching and now that we've gotten into May, some of their starting pitching has actually uh fallen behind a little bit. But uh they picked it up, they got their closer back. Um gosh, I forgot his name. What I'll I'll fit I'll find his name in a minute. But um they got their closer back and he closed out one of the games versus Kansas state. So that was, that was solid to see for, for Oklahoma state there. And then moving on to big 12 softball, we are, we are officially in the postseason for softball. Um, I guess it'd be a week and a half ago, two weeks ago now was the end of the regular season. And then this last weekend. So may, I think it was the 11th through the 13th was the conference championship tournament. Um, no really big surprises in the tournament, other than uh Kansas upsetting Oklahoma State eight to seven in the opening game on Friday. But to just run through the tournament there, OU had a bye in the first round on Friday. Iowa State beat Baylor, which that was a five to four matchup. Iowa State won. Uh they actually won eight-one. So there's a I guess a little bit of an upset there. And then Texas beat Texas Tech seven to six in eight innings. So I guess they were all the games were actually decent outside of the Iowa State Baylor game. Um but yeah, so that was a that was a good Friday and then Saturday um OU and Texas just kind of ran away with it. OU beat Iowa State uh by 9 and that game only went 5 innings and then Texas beat Kansas 9 to 1 and that game also only went 5 innings. Great. You want to hit the you want to hit the cha- or I I got the championship game. Okay. So <laughs> sorry. Uh Oklahoma beat Texas uh 6 to 1. It's kind of it's kind of what we've seen all year. OU's only lost one game. One game all year. This is insane. Uh they did something really similar last year and obviously ended up winning the national title. But this is just so impressive.
0: I've got a I've got a question for you. All right. Does OU lose a single game in the postseason in the in the tournament?
1: Yes. One or two.
0: So you don't you're you're not a hundred percent on board with them making a national title run. Oh no, I I guess it's double. I guess I could have fra- I could have phrased that question. It's double elimination when it gets to the World Series, but they could hypothetically lose one in a regional or super regional and and still run away with it, and then lose one in the World Series and still win yeah. that thing. I,
1: in the World Series is a is a best of is a best of three series, so. um, so you have to you have to win multiple games against the same opponent. Uh, you can drop one in the in in those series. There, um, I could see them losing one.
0: Yeah, I could too. I also would not be surprised if they just completely swept through. Like they haven't that, had any trouble at all since well, their one loss, and that was what two months ago. Now, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been it was ridiculous. it was pretty
1: early on in the season. Yeah, they are. Gosh. Like they they,
0: you know, you know, the the soft the Big Twelve softball conference tournament is in Oklahoma City. So I mean a twenty minute drive, thirty-minute drive for OU. So they drive up, don't even play on Friday, Saturday barely barely break a sweat. They beat Iowa State in nine oh in five innings. And then Sunday to close it out, they beat Texas six to
1: one. So I mean in two games you put up fifteen runs and you only allow one. And you play 12 innings like come on that's insane it's it's really it's
0: really to a point where like they (laughs) they're they they are a dynasty and it's just one of those it's one of those things where you just like you're just waiting for the time that they become beatable again um as, as bad as that is to say but anyway uh enough about enough about the conference tournament we can now move on to the NCAA tournament, and the Big 12 teams that will be in it. So uh, three teams were selected not only to be in the tournament, but to all host regionals. So OU is the number one overall seed, again, to absolutely no one's surprise. Uh, They are hosting the Norman Regional. All these regionals are named after the city they are played in, so not very creative, but they're hosting the Norman Regional, that has Hofstra, Cal, and Missouri. Um, and don't ask me about the um, about these other softball programs because I am not familiar with anyone outside of the Big 12. Uh, and then Oklahoma State was the sixth overall seed despite completely falling off the last three weeks of the season. Um, still managed to grab that sixth overall spot, which again is huge because top eight, if they can make it past the regional, they'll host the Super as well. Um they have UNBC, which Tanner, remind me what that stands for again.
1: University of Maryland, Baltimore County, Golden Retrievers.
0: That's right. They are the uh, school that upset Virginia.
1: They were the uh, first sixteen seed. To, they were the first sixteen seed to ever beat a number one seed in March Madness.
0: So we got the we got the Golden Retrievers out of uh, Baltimore County, and then Wichita State in Nebraska. Which, if I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure Nebraska ended up in the Stillwater Regional or the Super Regional last year, and Oklahoma State beat them. So, yeah. and then Wichita, Wichita State is a team Oklahoma State lost to this season. So, twice, twice. So, uh, definitely that will be a regional to keep your eye on. And then, uh, lastly, in the in the for the teams that are hosting is the Austin Regional. So, Texas, the 13 overall seed. They will be in a regional with Seton Hall, Texas State, and Texas AM. So that that's one's so, going to be a lot of fun.
1: That's such a random one because you have three Texas schools and then a New Jersey school.
0: Yeah, I don't know what went into that. I mean being from South Texas, the fact that Texas, Texas AM, and Texas State are all in are like all on the same playing field for a like a pretty major athletic event is is kind of a cool thing. I mean, everyone's favorite team growing up. I mean, you're either Texas or you're Texas A and M. Like no one's, no one ever said, "Oh yeah, I'm a Texas State fan." So kind of a secretly pulling for Texas State there. Uh, even Heck though, yeah! Yes, they're not a Big Twelve school. Uh, and then uh, lastly, um, Baylor also made the tournament. However, they were not a top sixteen seed, so they won't be hosting. But they are in the Salt Lake Regional. Dan, are you going to make it out there for that? Not yet.
1: Um I don't believe so. I think I actually don't even know when these games are. I think they're they're coming up this weekend or next week. Yes.
0: Yes, I want to say I I want to say they're this upcoming weekend, but I don't quote me on that. Um Yeah. I think that's all we have for softball. Uh, Let's see. Anything anything you're uh, looking out for in these in these regionals? Do you think that let me let me ask you this. Who which of the three schools Hosting between OU, OSU, and Texas are the most likely to not make it out of their own regional?
1: Sorry, I'm thinking. I know this is bad. This is bad pos- podcasting, not talking. Um, maybe I'll put in like a, a ticking clock there or something. Um, I hate to say it, but I, I think it's Oklahoma State. I think the way that they played in the last... Two three weeks of the season that that sets you up for a uh, a tough regional, which I think that they could get out of it. Um, We'll have to see what the adjustments are for when they play Wichita State. Um, But yeah, I think that this is the regional that the host could potentially not make it through.
0: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go opposite of you. I'm gonna go Texas. I just am really intrigued by the schools that are in that regional again. I my softball knowledge is very limited. I don't know much outside of the Big 12, but I'm just intrigued by the fact that you have three Texas schools in the same regional. Um, could create some drama, you know. Texas and and, and Texas A&M they don't like each other. It doesn't matter the sport. Um, so it'll be interesting. I'll uh, I'll definitely be excited to see, but be pulling for. Uh, we'll be. I'll, I'll be pulling for Texas State. Pull off the upset. Get out of that regional.
1: It would it would be really, really cool if uh if Baylor could get out of that. Uh if Baylor could get out of their region, that would be that would be really good to see. I'm I'm pulling up who's in that region right now if my computer decides to work. We have golly. Oh gosh. It is Baylor, Ole Miss, Utah, and Southern Illinois. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they all have pretty similar records. Um, Baylor has more wins than Utah does, uh, but they also have more losses. I'm not really sure how that how that works out. Um, I guess you can play. I guess you can play uh, more games. It's not like a football or basketball where everyone plays the same amount of games. Um, Okay. Greg, let's uh I'm just going to I'm going to do the quickest rundown of the transfer portal you've ever heard in your life. So, the transfer portal closed May 11th, which is the day that the last episode dropped. Um but in between uh Tuesday of last week and the 11th, so between the 9th and the 11th, uh Rondell Walker from TCU entered the transfer portal. He had already transferred from Oklahoma State last year. He didn't play very much this year. Um, but he's already rated as a three-star point guard. And then I just wanted to note a couple of things. So Kansas picked up Parker Brown. Uh, He's the younger brother of Christian Brown, go Nuggets. Uh, He's a three-star power forward from Santa Clara. And then Oklahoma State picked up Jarius Hickland, a three-star point guard from North Florida. He averaged averaged, uh, about 13 points per game last year at North Florida. And then Texas Tech picked up Warren Washington, a three-star power forward from Arizona State, which I know there were a couple other teams in the Big 12 looking at him. He's a nine-point-per-game, seven-rebound-per-game guy. And then UCF pulled in uh, two pretty solid recruits. Uh, Jaquan Walker, a three-star small forward from Wichita State, who averaged 14 points a game last year. And then Shamari Allen, a three-star combo guard from Missouri-Kansas City, uh, who averaged 17 points a game last year, five rebounds and three assists. So pretty, pretty uh, solid, solid polls for UCF there. We'll have to see how they end up playing in the year, but that is going to be all for basketball. We wanted to get into some, some more fun talk here. Some, some more theoretical talk. Some may say, um, Greg, Tanner, would- Tanner I've got, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Okay. Okay. So we have,
0: sitting in front of us uh, two maps uh, for conference realignment, Um, because as you know, that it's a popular topic these days, and the ACC is currently in negotiations for a new TV deal. Uh, The Big 12's new TV deal pays almost twice as much as the ACC's current deal. Uh, And so because of that, there there have been some rumors about uh, some of these ACC schools jumping ship. Um, And then Tanner and I have... Talked about this in multiple episodes, but there are still plenty of rumors circulating around the Pac-12 schools. So Tanner, this might be difficult to do because at the current moment, we are the only ones that can see the map. But what if we drafted schools? If you and I go back and forth,
1: and oh, we each took,
0: and we each took a school to add okay. to the Big Twelve, but only from the schools that are listed on our maps, which we can. I can read them off and then maybe Tanner and his fancy Instagram, he can make a, he can make a quick reel and, and at least show you guys, or we can make a post and show you guys what
1: this looks like,
0: but I'll go ahead and read the teams off um, from the Pac-12. also. also.
1: I just want to, I just want to mention this really quick. This is courtesy of gambling gambling. Gauchos a uh, great Texas tech uh, Twitter account, but also uh, just, just another avid big 12 fan like us. So uh, go check them out. Go give them a follow. Um, really, really good, really good dude. So, okay. I just want to give, give credits there. Absolutely. Well, yeah, much deserved. Um, okay. So out of
0: the West, out of the PAC 12 um, on the schools, they have listed are Washington, Oregon, Utah, Arizona, Arizona state and Colorado. So those six schools that have been thrown around um, really for nearly a year now, Um, And then out of the East and out of the ACC, we have Miami, Louisville, Cincinnati, NC State, Virginia Tech, Pitt, and Syracuse. So yes, that's a lot to keep up with. That's seven out of the ACC and six out of the Pac-12. Tanner, since it was my idea, I'll give you the first pick because I don't, I also we did not obviously prepare for this so this will be interesting.
1: Um are you sure I am pretty sure there's only six from the the ACC. Cuz I've have, I've have Syracuse, Pitt, Virginia Tech, NC State, Miami, Louisville. Who am I missing? That's it. Did I did I read
0: Cincinnati? Yeah, I'm I might have read you Cincinnati. Did. There are only six. My apologies yeah. to Cincinnati. Okay. I'm not used to seeing you guys on a Big 12 map yet. We're we're getting it figured out. It'll be
1: all right. Okay. With the first pick in this fun mock draft, I am actually going to take Utah.
0: That I think is a really good pick. Do you want to explain your rationale
1: behind the first pick? Uh back to back Pac-12 football champions. Even over the uh, um, USC greatness, whatever they have going on out there, um, I love Cam Rising, just just a good, solid dude. They're, they're quarterback there at Utah. Um, they've also had some um, some pretty good polls in the transfer portal this year for basketball. So I I don't know. I like what they're doing. Um, it's also close to BYU. You get that. You get that in-state rivalry. Um, another in-state rivalry on the map. I I personally love that.
0: I think the rivalry is like one of the be- biggest um, factors there. I will say their 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 fan base is pretty anti Big Twelve, but they might not have a choice. So, um, we'll we'll see about that. Okay, with the second pick, I will take Oregon. Um, and and I'm not I'm not drafting from my heart. I'm drafting logically speaking um, because if I was drafting with my heart, I probably would have picked something that was more closer to uh, old big 12 or um, maybe some more rivalries, whatever the revenue Oregon would bring in would be nuts. They have the Nike headquarters out there. Um, they are a big time brand. Um, so yes, you know, you get rid of OU and Texas or not get rid of OU and Texas leave. Um, so you lose those brands and you lose the, um, I guess like attitudes that those programs kind of walk with. And then you replace them with Oregon, which probably has a similar one, but, um, there's a lot of benefits that come to that. So I'll take Oregon.
1: I like that pick. That's, that's a good solid pick. Um, okay. I am debating between two schools right now, and I think I'm going to go with Louisville. Um, very, very strong basketball program. Um, with, except for last year, except for Yes. Okay. Fine. Except for last year. But I mean, with the ability, um, with the, or maybe the more so the history of Lamar Jackson, uh, winning a Heisman trophy, they have fielded decent football teams, not necessarily the greatest of all time. Uh, But that would be that'll be my second pick. And I I know that I probably uh, maybe miss somebody. There's definitely some other teams that are available, but I went with them also for a close to Cincy, West Virginia geographic location.
0: I think that's a solid pick. All right. I am going to uh, you you know, I just said I was picking with my head and not my heart. I'm going to I'm going to switch up a little bit. I'm going to take Colorado for a couple of reasons. One, you get the, you get some of those old big 12 conference matchups back up, you know, your Colorado versus Kansas, Colorado versus Kansas state. Um, not that those were the, were, were huge big name matchups, you know, 15 years ago, but um, with the addition of Deion Sanders uh, and some of the momentum that program has, plus the geographic location of um you know, you do get another school in there on the in, in the mountain time zone with, with BYU and you get the Denver market. Um, I think all around, it, it would be a really good addition. And I also think that it's um, not that any of what Tanner and I are talking about is necessarily probable, but I think Colorado is maybe one of the more probable schools to end up in the Big 12 out of all the ones we're talking about here.
1: Yeah, you, I mean, you guys like you can't overstate the prime effect honestly like they signed him to i i don't know the exact numbers but basically the school didn't have the money to sign him to the contract that they did and within days they were able to pay him because of all the the booster money that came in all like they just had so so much money come in that they were able to pay him like immediately so that was the prime effect cannot be overstated. Um, with my third pick, I'm going to go Miami. Um, there's too much money. Uh, the U, the history. They've had pretty, pretty decent basketball teams the last couple of years, which is kind of possibly, definitely due to NIL money. Uh, but they have a historic, absolutely historic football program. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised you didn't pick pick them earlier. And also, uh, you have you now have a traveling partner with UCF. So. That's, that's where my third pick is.
0: I think that's a great pick. I think that if anyone was listening to this, they would probably be on us for letting Miami fall to number five because I think you can make an argument for them being the number one pick. Um, more, it's more of a personal dislike of Miami for me. Um, I, I, I'm just not a big fan of, of of that brand. You know, I love the fact that Oklahoma State beat them in a bowl game two years ago. Uh, so it's uh it, it's 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 more personal for me but yes I did think about picking them with my with my second pick um I am going to I'm going to pivot just a little bit I'm gonna go out east and take Virginia Tech um I Surprise. Think I I love the I love the old big East. Conference and that uh, Virginia Tech is not necessarily enough for basketball, but when you think of the big East, you think of basketball. Um, but I'm going to take Virginia Tech, you know, they're not the strongest in terms of win loss record from a football standpoint and from a basketball standpoint. Um, although they did win their conference tournament um two years ago, they beat Duke. I remember that. Um, but just from like they have a very passionate fan base, um, they're uh enter sandman you know pregame ritual that's like one of the best in college football so that that's kind of probably the reason why i'm picking them because i think it's i think it's epic but um yeah i'll i'll take i'll take virginia tech i'm i'm happy with that
1: okay okay um my what my fourth pick i'm gonna go with washington i am shocked you went with oregon and then didn't go with washington uh multiple I, for, I I forgot they were on the map. <laughs> multiple number one NBA draft picks. They have a fantastic I mean, they have a fantastic home football atmosphere. They gosh. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Uh so actually I'm not sorry to Washington fans, but I guess maybe I should be. Um they are a very, very solid athletic program just in general. And that's the that, now my, my traveling schedules and everything doesn't necessarily look right just with like Washington and then UCF and Miami. But um, if we're just going name brands and recognition, I'm definitely taking Washington.
0: I think that's good. And I feel dumb for forgetting that. <laughs> I, like I, I took Oregon and then my eyes completely shifted to the other side of the map. So I, I, I kind of my brain blocked out Washington. Um, I will take with my next pick, Arizona. Um, this is, I think, uh, I mean, this adds to the big 12. This would add to the big 12's reputation of being the best basketball conference in the country. I mean, Arizona year in and year out is getting top 10 recruiting classes. They are a, they got upset this year in the first round, but they are consistently a one, two, three seed in March madness. And while basketball doesn't always bring in all of the revenue, their football program has potential. It has not been good in a long time, but it has potential. Uh so with that, I, I, I think Arizona was a pretty easy next pick for me.
1: Yeah. That that that's a solid pick. That's where I was gonna go next. If you if you didn't go there. Oh dear. Okay. Um I think that I'm going to go with NC State with my fifth pick. Uh, really really strong up-and-coming football program they've had pretty good basketball runs back back in the day uh but still they've had they've had good basketball runs i'm 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 going nc state and like like you were talking about with virginia tech their atmosphere is electric there so
0: that is true i um They were, I will be 100% honest with you. I was picking them next if you didn't pick them. Um, So that made my choice very easy. I will go with Arizona State. Um, They would have been my probably next pick after NC State. I think because I already have Arizona, now I get both Arizona schools and Arizona State. You, I mean, it furthers your footprint in the West Coast. I'm not going to sit here and say that Arizona State is the best athletic program out there. They, they they are really not. Their football program is in complete shambles right now. Um, but like kind of similar to Arizona, they have potential um, and they have the market out there. Um, and you, I, I, I get a rivalry. I think I think you had the really good rivalry with BYU and Utah. My best rivalry that I had, like addition wise, would have probably been Virginia Tech and West Virginia, so now I get another one.
1: Heck yeah. I mean, I'm I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised because I thought you were gonna steal my my last pick, uh, but that made my last pick incredibly easy. And I will be taking Syracuse. Um, too, too good of a basketball program. I'm really surprised that you went Arizona. I know you went for the rivalry there, but my goodness. Syracuse is a top-notch basketball program. I know they're losing Jim Beheim this year, uh, but they had a they had a decent football season. Sean Tucker, their running back, absolutely incredible running back. Um, but I, gosh i I think I did pretty well in this draft.
0: Yeah, I. You know, I think he did too. I I think it's tough <laughs> when you you know when. The I think I think the draft is a great idea. And and I'm it it was a lot of fun to do this. And um the the issue that you ran into is that like you have like split. Like we are now split. Like I have Oregon and you have Washington. Um let's see what like I have Virginia Tech and you have NC State. Like those those are are pairs of schools that probably will not end up in different conferences. But for the for the fun of it, it was it was fun with my last pick. I get pit. I don't. I don't pick Pitt. But I I get them. Uh, nothing. Nothing against Pitt. Tanner and I were talking about this uh, before we started recording, though. But you kind of lose a little bit of the uh, college feel when you're playing football games at Heinz Field. What is it now? It's not. It's, it's not Heinz
1: Field anymore. I was about. To, I was about to correct you, but yeah, I don't. I don't remember what it's called. It's. It's a weird name. That's for sure.
0: It's, it's, it's Heinz stadium to me. Um, anyway, I mean, their, their atmosphere was absolutely nuts when West Virginia came to, uh, to Pitt last year. And I'm sure West Virginia's atmosphere is going to be crazy this year when Pitt visits. Um, so I get another rivalry. It's, it's not all bad. Uh, I just, Pitt doesn't do it a lot for me. Um, although the only thing I will say is they had a good basketball season for the first time in a while. And I remember watching a game or two of theirs on TV and it looked, it looked pretty good. So, you know, for as, as last picks go, um, I, I can't be too mad with, with Pitt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting. You went really PAC 12 heavy. I went really uh, ACC heavy. Um, kind of interesting how that laid out, but I don't I know.
0: Last, last, last question for you, all, uh, all the draft. Um, all of our, our our draft aside if you could if you could pick a conference to basically kind of swallow up are you taking the Pac12 or are you taking the ACC
1: so i know in the draft i just went all like mostly ACC but i would rather go Pac12 personally that's yeah
0: i it, it's tough because like I mentioned earlier, I love the, I love the prospect of adding the Big East, getting, getting a Louisville, with you know paired with Cincinnati, West Virginia, a Virginia Tech, a Pitt. I think that's a lot of fun, um, but I think that for the conference's reputation and long term value, I think that going west would be a lot better. Um, my only concern with. That is just with Oregon and Washington. You have two schools that have been heavily rumored to be talking with the big 10 for the last year or so. So in, in, in my mind, you know, you add those six schools, I think that'd be great. I think that's easily the third best conference in the country, if not above the big 10 in terms of not money wise, but um, football, basketball on the field. Um, but then I would be concerned about Oregon and Washington jumping ship later yeah, down the road I, when they get I mean, a better option. If I don't they get a better option.
1: I think if, uh, well, I guess, okay. So here's the deal. I think if, if you get PAC 12 schools, I don't think you get Oregon and Washington as the big 12. I think right now, I think you would get Arizona, Arizona state, Utah and Colorado. Um, no, I think if you went the ACC side, I think you could get all six of those. So that's, that's maybe something to weigh out. There is like, yeah. Um, are you okay going to get those four schools from the Pac 12 if you don't get Oregon and Washington? Like, is that okay? I still think they'd be
0: great additions. I think that the Big Ten probably their long term plans. I just have a hard time seeing the Big Ten leaving USC and UCLA out on essentially an island, you know, 2000, so then- 2000 plus miles from the nearest. I mean, Nebraska is their nearest uh, Big Ten school conference member. That's ridiculous to meet California and Nebraska. But, again, I know that geography doesn't really play a factor in this, which is why we were able to have fun and and do a random draft. And, you know, we talked geography, but that was more so from a rivalry standpoint. Um, I I think the Big Ten's long-term plans ideally would be to add Oregon and Washington and then go to pods potentially – do you know four teams of or well they'd have 18 at that point so they couldn't really do that but you, you you get my point they they would have oregon washington usc and ucla on a rotating schedule playing each other every
1: year um all right you want to you want to hear this theory i just came up with
0: well just let's hear it
1: okay so it's gonna the sec and the big 10 are just going to continue to grow and to grow and to grow until all of the power five is just maybe the Big Ten in the SEC. Now this is all hypothetical, theoretical. Okay. And then they realize why don't we just do pods? And then it's like, okay, let's do pods. How are we gonna break up the pods? Geographically, right? Oh shoot. We just end back up in the power five again. Like that That's how you know, I see this I, going.
0: I- I hope that that happens because I still can't get over the fact that Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, Arkansas, um, Kansas, Kansas state, like I, I just can't get over the fact that they're not all in the same conference. It just doesn't make sense to me. However, I, I disagree with the only thing you said that I disagree with is that the big 10 and sec continuing to add schools. I think that, the Big Ten is so elitist that they're going to like they don't add schools that aren't AAU accredited, at least they didn't in the past. And so, and then the SEC, I think you have by far and away, and no one's really debating this at this point, you have the best product on the field, football wise, with the SEC. The Big Ten. Money-wise, they can touch it, but on the field, there's no way. They have Ohio State and Michigan every other year, and that's about it. I, I, I don't I don't care about the rest of that conference. Michigan State's good every now and then. Nebraska used to be good. USC maybe with Lincoln Riley, but when they actually start to play some better competition, I don't think they'll be 11-1 and one by walking through their schedule. Anyway, my point is I think the SEC has a product that if you continue to add more and more schools, it waters it down. And with adding OU in Texas, you added two of the biggest brands in college sports. So I I think that they're fine with where they're at. And I I think if they were to consider adding more schools, you know, as much as I want to say they consider OSU for the 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 rivalry, the on the field stuff. I think I think it would be Clemson, Florida State State. And and then you could even make an argument for like a Miami, but I I don't see the SEC adding anyone anytime soon. This might end up on a like uh, old takes exposed. We 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 could expose ourselves, you know, three years from now when the SEC adds <laughs> adds five schools. But no, I I think that they're that they're fine with where they're at. I think the Big Ten is the, the conference that will be adding um, members uh, as well as the Big Twelve.
1: Do you think? okay we're we're going a little long here which is fine but last question do you think if the big 10 or the sec continue to add schools do they drop any bottom feeders i think
0: that from a legal standpoint you could end up with some lawsuits that way although i don't know if i i just don't know how these contracts work because if if you know, all the schools are signed on to this contract when the contract expires, is the conference legally obligated to keep them on the next contract or, I don't or do they so. just,
1: because that's, I mean, that's how schools are leaving the conferences, right? Cause at the yes, end of your,
0: but so, so I guess that's an interesting question because you're basically saying the, like, for example, we're coming full circle here on this podcast. Now I'm going to bring it back to the NBA the NBA has shifted in the last 15 years from being a general manager team owner controlled league to a player run league. The players run the league. And so in college sports, the schools have been majorly making their own decisions and running at them. I mean, Texas, you can single-handedly blunt Texas for the old Big 12 dissolving. We don't need to get into that. But Tech. I, I mean, Texas is... Ou all uh, USC UCLA all those schools. So now you're saying the conferences might get it might shift to the conferences running the the league in that they get to to be a little bit more picky as to who they have. I mean, I can see it. I think uh, I think every school kind of in there for a reason. Um, some of the schools that you know you kind of raise an eyebrow at, they probably bring up the conference GPA at or Vanderbilt Vandy,
1: <laughs> at Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah, so <laughs> we have the same thought. That's great. Yeah, oh,
0: so I, I I don't know. I, it it depends. It I, you know that that's a great question though. I, I I think that that's one that that maybe I, I think you're about three years. Th- I think you're maybe about about a decade ahead of like, like I, I could totally see. You know, it's hard to like predict things ten years out, but I, I could totally see when some of these contracts. You know, the Big 12s, they only sign theirs for like what five or six year deal.
1: I'm not sure, I but it, I think the SEC right.
0: was around a 10 year deal, eight year deal. All these, all these contracts are going to run out in another decade. And then we're going to go through this again. I mean, you know, the last time this happened was when AM and in Missouri, Nebraska, Colorado left. That was in 2010, 2011, 2012. And now it's 2023. We had the stuff happen in 21 with OU in Texas. And then in, um, was the last, was it, was it last summer? Yeah, last summer that that USC and UCLA um, announced they were leaving. So uh, this seems to be a ten year recurrence. We'll see, uh, Tanner. I'll see you ten years from now. We'll 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 talk about how you were right.
1: Time is a flat circle. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, Greg, do you have anything that you would like to to say to the listeners before we hop off here? i'm sorry for the really long episode unless you enjoyed it and in
0: that case that i'm not sorry but uh i'm not sitting next to you so i have no idea how long we've gone but it feels
1: like a long time so yeah um well one thing i, I do want to do is i want to shout out uh our listener from brussels belgium i'm not really <laughs> sure if they're real or not but <laughs> I, I i feel like we should we have a listen Um, We can see where our listeners are. We can't see who's actually listening, Um, but we have a listener in Brussels, Belgium, who's listened to every episode. So I just want to say thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, we thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Um, Please subscribe or I guess follow us on Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify. And please leave us a review. We thank you for your time. Um, We hope you have a good day. All right. We thank you. We love you. Goodbye.